Welcome to Big Girl Pants Podcast, where we're here to talk about women, health, power, and wealth. Hosted by April Melton and Kimberly Shapiro. We are real women with real jobs doing real life. We as women know what it feels like to try to be super mom, super fit, wrinkle-free, all the while climbing the corporate ladder. Sound Sound familiar? Then this show is for you. So stay tuned. Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm so good. You have a guest. Surprise. I know. Shocker. Uh-huh. Um, so, and I've, I'm actually very honored that you guys are here. Thank you so much for coming. I'm yeah, happy very here. cool. This is my chiropractor um, that I This have, is the famous one. This is the famous one that we've mentioned like yes. multiple bajillion times on this on this podcast. Yes. I'll have um, to go back and listen to every episode. Please. <laughs> <laughs> so we've talked, because, uh, you know, our slogan is business, health, power, and wealth. Um, health is a big... Uh, topic on this podcast. We've talked about fitness. We've talked about skincare. We've talked about uh, mental health, a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. Um, And again, you've come up multiple times. Um, Your name is Dr. Joshua Farrell. Your wife is also in the room, Rebecca Farrell. Love her. (laughs) Um, You guys have been an integral part of my life, my family's life, a big impact on, I mean, you're even, you're my mom's chiropractor first. I don't know how she found out about you. I think Jason. I I don't remember how we met each other, actually. It's been a long time. Mm, Okay. Family health market in Frisco. Yeah. Yeah. That place is the bomb. Um, Shout out to them. But so you were my mom's chiropractor first. Then I started going to you. My brother started going to you. Um, Family family and friends have gone to you. Um, And your original practice uh, was in Frisco. Yep. And that's where, you, that's where you started, right? The Wellness Institute in Frisco in 2005. Right. Yeah. And But when you first started, you were a maximized living chiropractor. Which, right. what is that? For people who are listening who don't know what that is. It's a really good question. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's kind of like, um, so for medical doctors, you could say like, you know, we're a part, we're a part of this network, right? So that was kind of like a network for chiropractors, a so, certain type, right? Yeah. I think the easier way to answer that question is, you know, for people that haven't been to a chiropractor, what is a chiropractor? Because everybody mm-hmm. understands if you go to your medical doctor, there are all different types of specialists. Sure. Right. And so let's say, for example, you go to your doctor for migraines. A neurologist will treat you differently than maybe a vascular specialist or a cardiovascular specialist. Yeah. Might treat you differently than a vestibular specialist. Right. But they all have the same result. What's to get rid vestibular of specialist? Balance and coordination. Mm-hmm. Yeah, big word. I didn't even know what that was. <laughs> so chiropractors can do the same thing. They have a lot of different methods. You know, the the foundation of chiropractic has basically three pillars Mm -hmm. there's the science and we steal our science from physical therapists from metabolic research from just all the science out there that would have to do with the musculoskeletal nervous system right then there is the art or the practice and this is where most people feel like their chiropractor is different maybe they use Mm -hmm. an instrument maybe they adjust aggressively maybe they're you know gentle and then there's the philosophical part. Mm. And, and that's where the Maximize Living Group would set themselves apart. Um, that's probably the biggest, um, I don't want to say battle, but that's where most chiropractors would butt heads is on the philosophical part. Mm. So you can basically group them into two categories. One is evidence-based mm-hmm. and one is more philosophical. So when I started, I would be more on the philosophical side. 
that's where maximized living would be. And now I'm more in the evidence-based side. Okay. So, and how did you find out about maximized living? Were you in chiropractic school and you, they kind of recruited you? Yeah, I was in school. Um, I, you know, at that time I had a really big ego, wanted to have the biggest practice and those guys had the biggest practices. So I migrated towards them. You were like, I want to make a bunch of money, but also help people, but also make money. I love it. Is that a question? <laughs> so you were in Frisco? Mm-hmm. We yeah. were in Frisco. Warren. The, the Wellness Institute was on Warren and Parkwood when they were just you fields were over doctor. there. You were my doctor. Or my chiropractor. <laughs> yes. We hear yeah, that my, a lot. Me and my two daughters would come. They were little at the time, or younger Dude, at the are time. are you serious? Yeah, you did a machine. Like, you would do, 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 like, this little, like, thing. And then there was, like... Like, to, like a test to measure? No, there was, like, some little thing that you would do every time. Yes, it was a gun thing. The arthrostim, it's yeah. like a yeah. jackhammer. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That thing. Full circle. Yes. And the only reason we didn't stay, we did it for like a year, I think. Um, We've had this conversation before. I can't believe it. No, it was you, Taylor and Kylie, and then obviously Kim Shapiro. Um, interesting. It was a long time ago. It's probably a small world. Oh, oh, five, oh, six. That's like the same time that we were going. Yeah, that's. That's a wow. Yeah. Small freaking world. Yeah. That's interesting. And it was your uh, organization or your uh, facility and all of the uh, educational things that you guys would put on that launched and started my sort of desire for eating well and getting healthy. Natural living. I stopped eating she's processed still, like, food. She won't use like deodorant that has aluminum. She doesn't like artificial sweeteners. Like she's still that way because of you guys. Yeah, because of you guys. Yeah. So that's, wow. you know, that's still a big part of chiropractic is totally. the philosophy. So, you know, I would say not just chiropractors, but any good doctor will get you to ask those questions mm-hmm. and say, okay, what's really the result? Because if you don't take responsibility for your health, yeah. you're not going to get there. You know, we have to get rid of those days where, you know, I'm going to live this bad lifestyle for 20 years, come in and try to take a pill to reverse all these effects right? and not take responsibility for what I did. You know, I think we just have to get away from that. And a lot for of doctors sure. are. Are they though? Times. Yeah, I think they are. I think the younger doctors okay. definitely okay. are. Um, you know, everybody, you know, can be set in their ways a little bit. But, you know, we work with a Harvard-trained spine and joint specialist, and he starts everybody out as least invasive as possible. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I, I think a lot of doctors are going that way. There's too much evidence out there to, to Meaning, deny. I, mean, I, like I like to, to hear that Yeah. when you say as least invasive as possible. So so let's say, for example, you know, the most common reason people visit their healthcare practitioner is low back pain, mm. right? If you go to a surgeon first, there's a good likeliness that he's going to recommend surgery, the chiropractor is going to recommend chiropractic, and the physical therapist is going to recommend physical therapy. Yeah. Right. But when you have people that look at the evidence, the evidence says, hey, strengthen condition the spine first, and you take somebody that makes their income with procedures, and they say, no, let's try the strength and conditioning first, that's where I think healthcare is going. Okay. Fortunately. That's good to hear. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it seems like the pharmaceutical industry for a while and still drives a lot of it. I and mean, the health it- insurance companies. In the health insurance companies, sure. absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it's just you go in and it's like, what pill can I give you? Well, wait, I don't want a pill. I want to know what's causing this issue. I yeah. just recently had a hysterectomy and I bought it for a long time because I thought, well, that's fine. We can take all the parts out, but let's figure out what's going on and why this is happening. Long story short, I wound up doing it anyway. But um, And you've... And you're- 
you feel so much oh, better. It was the right move. It was the right thing. Right. But I tried for a while to not do that. And so I cut out. That was actually when I got really crazy with just cleaning supplies and toothpaste and everything. Everything I went, I was watching, is it phthalates or whatever that word is? And all this stuff mm-hmm. that they put in that the, endo- the endocrine like disruptors and all of that. Yeah. Um, but you know, at the end of the day I did the surgery and I'm happy I did good, but I do think people need to start paying attention to the products that they're putting on their bodies and in their bodies and all of the chemicals. Yeah. Cause it impacts so much. Yeah. Yeah. But again, it's just going back to taking responsibility yeah. for yourself. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. And not trusting other companies that profit off of, products that we use well there are countries that have um, banned certain products or chemicals or things that we use here that the u.s says nope it's fine it's fine perfectly fine i'm like all of our food (laughs) yeah that's that's the big give and take you know we have a lot of uh things that are available to us but we have to show a lot more responsibility when it comes to that that's right yeah okay so i want to talk about um you and your story, <laughs> what made you want to become a chiropractor, the things that you've learned oh, since being a chiropractor. <laughs> um, I want to talk about, so when you were younger, since you have scoliosis, mm, right? Severe scoliosis. So, and I've seen it like in your back where like you bend over and you can see like the, the disproportionate uh, muscle, um, the disproportion of muscle in your back from yes. your scoliosis. So um, at what age did you see a chiropractor or how did you get there? So, you know, uh, typically we check for scoliosis around seventh grade, mm-hmm. you know, and that's, that's a time where everybody's kind of body aware. Yeah. So I go in the line at the gym and I bend over and the nurse yells out, we got one. <laughs> <laughs> we got him. I was like, oh no, that's <laughs> not good. That's funny. So that was when it was like first brought to my attention. Okay. And, um, you know, like my mom took me to the Scottish Rite Hospital. We went to see chiropractors and... You know, I think what most kids get told, told at that point is, you know, you can have surgery or if it's not bad enough, you don't have surgery. Right. And those were the only options. But so, what was the option for surgery back then? Were they in... It's just in, Harrington rods. They they just bolt these rods to your spine and it, sh- it, sh- it should straighten it. It doesn't always work. Um, or before that, they put you in a brace for 23 hours a day. And, you know... Like everything else in science, there's stuff stuff that says that works, and there's stuff that says that that doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Right. So, but how do you? <laughs> and I don't want you to answer this professionally. I want you to answer it like as a human. How do you expect to place rods in a seventh grader's spine, and then expect for that not to have an impact on the on the the duration of their life or the quality of their life? As a like even like okay, as a let surgeon. me let me answer it as a doctor first. Okay. Okay. So as a doctor, you're always going to balance the pros and cons. So if you believe that that child is going to have such a severe spinal abnormality that it's going to compress their heart and they're going to lose cardiac and lung function, mm-hmm. then you're justified in... Your you surgery know, or whatever, yeah. the plan. So if you think that. Um, <laughs> but, you know, as a later on as a chiropractor i've you know went through a lot of different training on how to correct scoliosis and some of them are correctable mine went from think about uh, a 90 degree angle mm-hmm. and a 45 degree angle mine was 63 degrees oh my so gosh that's severe we got mine down to 13 degrees in about four months how did that happen to you so you know i just okay so let's go back to your first question i first saw a chiropractor when i was you know in middle school okay right and all kinds and some of them were 
really, really out there. Yeah. And um, that's they, why they get their bad name because they're crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I had the the chicken foot scratch, you know. Thing. <laughs> um. So I I always felt better when I went to the chiropractor, but then I felt worse later. And I felt better, and then I felt worse. Mm. And so I was happy with that because, you know, I felt better sometimes. And then another guy said to me, why don't you just get that corrected? And I'm like, well, I, I don't Isn't think I can. Isn't that what I'm doing or something? Mm. So I went to a, an, another chiropractor that worked on correcting the spine. So that area is called spinal correction, which is another specialty that chiropractors can go into. Corrective care. Yeah, corrective yes. care. Versus? Versus wellness care, symptom management, sports medicine, neurology, feel pediatric. Feel good care. Yeah, there's yeah. all different realms. And so when you're picking a chiropractor, you need to know what that chiropractor does and does that match with your goal. Hmm. I mean, it'd be like somebody like him saying, you don't want a bunch of medicine. So if you were going to go to a doctor for pain and all they did was prescribe medicine, that's mm-hmm. just not going to match up with you. Right. So you have to ask that question of your chiropractor too. Yeah. You know, you got to know what their philosophy is and how they treat and how they reach their goals. Right. Mm-hmm. So that happens to you, right? The first time you go to a chiropractor. or you, So you started going to a corrective care chiropractor at the same age? No, I didn't even start to go to a corrective care chiropractor until I was in chiropractic school. Oh, my God. So you have scoliosis for this long and you managed not to get surgery? Yeah. So I thought chiropractic was great because I was going to live a life of pain or surgery and then I didn't have to. Okay. So I was like, this is great. And it got rid of my headaches. Mm-hmm. That, that was so the big thing. So that was thing. like a big thing for you. I thought I was going to be a migraine doctor and just help people with migraines. Mm-hmm. That I was my goal I found going you, actually. Into... That's why I found you guys was because yeah. I was suffering from severe, debilitating migraines. Yeah. And I, I mean, within a couple of months, they were gone. Did you have a testimony on the wall? No, no, I don't think so. Because he used to mm-hmm. have like mm-hmm. testimony. Not a good patient then. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> All just patients jokes. give just testimonies. Jokes. Then yes, I did. <laughs> I feel like, well, because he had so many patients that suffered with migraines, I feel like you could have potentially had a, had a testimonial on the wall. How Maybe. crazy would that have been? I mean. So crazy. Our but lives no. were connected all the way back then. Soul sisters. I knew, I knew I'm it. telling you. <laughs> so so you, you make it through that long. So one of the biggest symptoms i guess from your scoliosis was migraines yeah did you experience anything else yeah just back pain in general you know as a kid i took so much advil i don't know how i didn't get an ulcer but yeah so how did it happen the transition from no how did your scoliosis happen okay so let me put on my doctor hat again they would (laughs) classify that as idiopathic or unknown cause of scoliosis okay but Knowing what you know now. Knowing what I know now, I have a deformed joint in the bottom of my spine. Okay. Right? So my spine starts by kicking off to the left. It's going to correct back to the right. Neurologic. At the, bo- at the bottom. So what is that? Your the sacrum. S- okay. Yeah. All right. It's called facet tropism. All right. Um, so your brain has a writing reflex. Your eyes want to be leveled to the horizon. So you correct back this way. You correct back that way. And you get this big S curve. In your spine. In your spine. So and in reality, it's supposed to be straight like an L. From the front, it should be straight. Yeah, from the side, you should have three curves. Right. So, you know, the math behind that is the number of curves squared times two is how much force you can place on a spine. So when you lose a curve in the neck, you will add a curve somewhere else. Because hmm. it'll <laughs> compensate, right? So, some, yeah. The body wants to be correct. <laughs> so, you know, just going through that and getting my spine corrected gave me a lot of confidence in what we can do to really help people. So, and as you're experiencing these migraines and you're like, okay, I know that one day, cause I don't know what your like education 
plan or path or whatever it was, but you were like, I knew that one day I want, I thought I was going to be a migraine doctor and help fix migraines because you experienced migraines. Right. So at what point do you say, no, I think I want to become a chiropractor? So, no, I, I wanted, so at first I wanted to be a medical doctor. I went and interviewed a bunch of medical doctors. Then I wanted to be a dentist. I went and interviewed a bunch of dentists. So you knew, though, your general outlook was that you wanted to be someone who gave back as far as, like, a practitioner of health in some aspect, right? So at that age, to be honest with you, again, it was just ego. I wanted the title of doctor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then as I, you know, as I started working with patients, I think my level of compassion and desire to really serve and make sure that I'm going to help you, that became the driving force. I mean, I've answered three emails today from patients asking me questions. Right. Uh, they call me all the time. Um, and I think, again, that's that's another key sign when you're picking your doctor is how important is it to them mm-hmm. that you succeed? And if I have to send you to somebody else, I'll send you to somebody else. Right. And you, you have to... You have to have a high desire to help your patients. Yeah. So you go, you figure it out. So you say, I think I want to be a chiropractor. Mm -hmm. So you're like, I'm going to go to chiropractic school. You go to Parker College of Chiropractic, which is in DFW, Dallas. Um, And then from there, you meet or got connected with um, Maximize Living. Right. So then you went into that type of uh, practice. Yeah. Right? And how long were you doing that before you were like, I don't know if I want to keep doing that? Uh, You know, probably about... Yeah, four years in, okay, I got exactly what I wanted. I had a busy practice, six hundred and something patients a week. Yeah, in Frisco, wow. and it was just like I am not happy. I'm not able to connect with any of these people. I mean, we did a it lot was a of machine. classes. It was a machine. Yeah. yeah, it was a machine when it comes to practice, but as far as educating patients, now that yeah. part was awesome. Right. Mm-hmm. We did three classes a week. We took people grocery shopping, and I started to find out, man, I'm really happy when I'm doing that. So yeah. if I could slow it down and talk to every single patient and really get to understand what they're doing, that and then so I started transitioning into the fewer patients, better care, What's the research say? Yeah. Why is this not working? What's the best solution? No, How, no, if it, well, let me ask ahead. one question. I don't know if this makes you feel any better about all of that, but I was going to see you around the time when it was like busy. I mean, there were so many people in and out of there all the time and I never, ever felt hurted or disconnected or that you didn't care or you weren't involved. Okay. Well, never, good. ever felt that, that way. That is nice to hear. Yeah. yeah me neither. Yeah. I never felt like that at all. I mean, yeah. I, I respect it. I think... And I think that that's the struggle too, right? Because like when you have that many patients and people are seeing that many people come into your practice, they're like, man, this guy's impacting so many different people's Mm -hmm. lives. And I feel like I'm part of that network by being a a member or a patient of someone who's impacting so many people's lives. So it almost gives you a little bit more credibility versus someone who would be less busy. I mean, we still have patients. Um, I have like my third patient that I ever had. She's still a patient. Right. Yeah. So I know we impacted people's lives, but I just feel like maybe... 20% 20% of those people I really got to connect with and make a difference. And now it's closer to like 80 Well, you have to protect your own life too. Yeah, that's and your own, yeah. you know, psyche. When you're spending that much time in the office, no matter what you do for a living, there's no time for you to do you. Yeah. And you, yeah. you can't care for other people if you're not caring for yourself. And that yeah. was before kids. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, and that's what I was going to ask you too, is how old were you in 2005 when you, when your practice started? Just do the math. I don't know, like 30? <laughs> How old are you now? 
43. Okay. And at what point, so after those four years, when you have... I was like 28 then. Oh, gosh. Yeah. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) So after that point, you're like, oh, my gosh, we're so busy. Like, this is crazy. And obviously, everything happens for a reason, right? So you then make the transition to whatever it is. What did that look like, number one? Was there, like, a breaking point where you're like, I literally can't, I physically can't do this anymore, I mentally can't do it anymore? And then from there, how did you improve your practice and then kind of, like, refocus into kind of what it is that you're doing now? Because I know you've had, like, a, you know, a path, a journey, which everybody has, but... I think I hit a really hard breaking point. I think I got really discouraged and disinterested and, you know, kind of down. Did you get burnt out? Oh, man, more than burned out. I was angry. I, mm. I was just like... You're like, I was sizzling. Yeah, I was like ashes. Like, how did I let myself get here? Yeah. <laughs> so I think, you know, we basically took some time. We took a lot of trips, a lot of vacations. We would we would go to seminars and not participate in the seminars. We would mm. just, like, go on an adventure, right? So just disengaged. And then, you know, you find something that's inspiring, like, oh, my gosh, look at this person. Look how healthy they got. Right. Um, how did that happen? And then you find things like, you know, some of the podcasts you guys have mentioned, Joe Dispenza, his work. Yeah. And you see, man, these people can really heal. How, you know, how can I take this? And then, you know, I'm so interested in how the body works and heals yeah. that that kind of relit my fire and I find different things that help different people. Yeah. So, and with that too, would you say that you're a corrective care chiropractor now or what, what, what category would you put yourself in? That's a good question. Um, I would say I'm a corrective care chiropractor if somebody walks in and they need corrective care. Okay. So my my background now is I'm uh, certified in sports medicine. I spent the last few years getting that. I didn't I haven't completed the board certification. So I can't say I'm board certified, but okay. I'm a certified uh, chiropractic sports physician. Okay. Love working with athletes. A mm-hmm. um, lot of metabolic training, a um, lot of nutrition. So it depends on what that person comes in with. Um, so I don't really like to categorize it. It's just based on the patient. Mm-hmm. Sure. So if it's, and I guess this would be more for like the people who are listening, like, oh, you know, this guy sounds like he knows what he's talking about. Maybe I want to go see him. Like what would your, you don't necessarily have an ideal patient, but you do like to work with people who are physically active. Yeah. I mean, it, it I really don't have an idea. I'll tell you an ideal patient is somebody who wants to participate. Somebody That's an ideal who is patient. very invested and is serious about taking care of their body. You know, I don't want to put it out there like they're going to have to spend hours and change everything about their lifestyle. But if you want to get better, yeah, we'll help you figure that out. If you so, want to feel better, you want to sleep better, you want to get rid of your migraines, you want to, you know, you want to run a marathon, you want to get through your day without going home and just feeling like crap at the end of the day, right? Or maybe you have terrible arthritis, disc herniations, and you've been told the other. Way of surgery, we have a lot of different type of healthcare practitioners in our practice. Yes. Um, So, you know, some people have to go the the bigger route and some Mm -hmm. people can go more conservative. Well, and I think that's another thing too to take to like highlight for you is that you work with, you know, let's say if I was a brand new patient and I was coming in. So you have a nurse practitioner in your office. Right. You have a massage therapist in your office. Who else do you have? So me, obviously myself, chiropractic, which me, is like no big uh, deal. <laughs> chiropractic, physical therapy, you know, kind of like athletic trainer skill set. And then we have a uh, Dr. Gallenbor, who's a Harvard trained spine and joint specialist, everything from rejuvenative medicine to 
implants to, you know, pain implants. Yeah. Um, to, uh, you <laughs> pain know, pain implants. injections to, you know, whatever. Right. Whatever that patient Are you guys experimenting is. with uh, re- 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 reginikine or stem cells yet? Or... I wouldn't say we're experiencing with it. Um, He is a fellowship trained uh, physician, so he is extremely knowledgeable in that whole area. Yeah, I've seen him. I've heard amazing stories. Let me just put this out there: regenerative medicine. uh, Go to go to a specialist. Mm -hmm. Yes, for sure. Go to because there's a lot of fake stuff out there, (laughs) and there's a lot of stuff that's just not even. It's it's not good. I know. Did you hear about the people who got bacteria poisoning from? The lab that was, you know, uh, saying that they were certified to do um, stem cell therapy. I mean, even in the reputable ones, do not have viable cells. So you really need to know who you're getting that yeah. stuff mm-hmm. from. Yeah. And, and they're marketing it to chiropractors like it's... it's Like hotcakes. Yeah, yeah. It is insane. So just know who you're getting it from. Yeah. Pretty much with anything, right? It's just yeah. like you said about your healthcare and your physician or your chiropractor, whomever, do your research, make sure you're doing your homework. Yeah. You're getting multiple opinions. You want to see that they're certified checking. in anything that they're doing and not just a weekend seminar. Right. Yeah. yeah. So for the second half of the podcast, I do want to go into chiropractic, what it is that you do, what spine manipulation can do for, uh, you know, people regardless of what it is that they suffer with and kind of like what you've learned about treating humans. So that's really good. You know, my philosophy is uh, three things. You have your chemical health, your physical health, and your emotional health. Those three things better be in alignment if you uh, want to get healthy. Yeah. So with, go into that a little bit more. Okay. And, like def- define what each one of those things are. Yeah, that's what are. I was going to say. Okay. So let's, let's start with the easy one, physical health. Right. If you sit down 10 hours a day, you sleep eight hours a day, you know, 18 hours a day, you're inactive. That's going to cause some problems. Mm-hmm. Um, most people that have here, here's a, a nice little jewel. Why do people have more joint pain than like muscle pain? Because muscles have blood supply, joints don't. Mm. Right. So generally what happens is your body gets into a weakened condition. That joint starts to move incorrectly and you're just rubbing those surfaces. It's going to cause arthritis. It's going to degenerate the joint. And then, you know, they have the idea, well, what if I just go move and exercise? I'll be better. Maybe you will. You know, maybe you don't have enough wear and tear on that joint. Maybe the lubrication will just come back into it. But some people need, you know, other things. They need their diet. They need adjustments. Mm -hmm. They need strengthening. What I found is that almost every single patient with low back pain has a severe weakness. And if we can identify where that weakness is, then we can help them. Because if I adjust you and you go back and do the same thing you did for the last 20 years, (laughs) it's not going to last. Right. So, you know, activating the muscle, stabilizing the joint, strengthening that area, that is the key to long-term success with any type of adjustment to a joint. Well, and you say adjustment. So, like, for people who've never gone to a chiropractor, what does that mean? Okay. Oh, that's a good thing. Um, so th- there's, there's so many different ways we can adjust you. Yeah. Um, some of it could feel like a stretch. Some of it is a, is a, is a real quick force into the body and you feel that little popping sensation. That's just nitrogen gas leaving the joint. Right. Um, sometimes we use a table that moves really fast and we just push the joint into place. But generally speaking, uh, adjustments feel really, really good. They're instantaneous relief. 
um, when you get that joint back in place, it, it just moves better and feels better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, personally, I love them. Mm-hmm. Do you yeah. love them? Not the neck one, but all the other Oh, my God, I love all of them. It's a good yeah. party trick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, most people don't hate them. Yeah. yeah. But I'm sure that you, there's been, like, extreme um, situations that come along with, you know, seeing patients and, you know, maybe where people would come in for an adjustment, someone that you have on a care plan that's, like, really messed up. Like their back's really messed up, and maybe their adjustments don't feel good, right? Yeah, yeah. I would say uh, people that are prone to inflammation. Mm-hmm. So again, sometimes we got to put the fire out before we can start moving, and that's why I like working with other practitioners because, you know, if you have rheumatoid arthritis and you're in an inflammatory mode, right? I'm probably not going to make you feel better until that's shut off. Yeah. Right. You know, I have a story around that. When I was 23 years old, I was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis and told that by the time I was 40 years old. I would be in a, it would be, it would be bad. And my mother, oh my gosh, there's still a story where we're sitting at the kitchen counter and my mom, my kids were like nine and seven and my mom starts crying and she says, your mother is ill. Your mother is ill. It's still funny to us all. <laughs> we still laugh. But Not I, dramatic at all. Right. So after going to you um, and implementing some other things in my life, like changing my diet and never really got good at exercising until I met this one. But as far as like my diet and just the way that I treated my body, I changed all of that. And I went to my rheumatoid, uh, my rheumatologist four years ago. And he's like, you don't have anything. Those markers are gone. It's gone. Yeah. yeah. That's, you know, that's getting into that epigenetics. That's an interesting well, conversation. That's not science. <laughs> My yeah. body's broken. Yeah. I am sick. I tell people all the time, change forever. your diet. You have diabetes, change your diet. You can do it. You, you're like, no, it's, you know, it's, I have it. It's, no, it's, it's just mine genetic. for life. It's, no, it's, yeah, it's just genetic. genetic. It's genetic. It's My mine for life. My mom has diabetes. My dad has diabetes. My Auntie's grandma's cousin's sister has diabetes, so I'm gonna have it forever. You know, there's yeah. about three percent of diseases that are actually genetic, and that would be like Down syndrome, sickle mm-hmm. cell anemia. Right. Not these lifestyle things where you live the same lifestyle that your parents live. Yeah, exactly. And suffer the so same. So sure, results. it's genetic yeah. because you're living the same way your parents did. That's yeah. blasphemy. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, there's there's a couple interesting articles you can sometimes find of um, like uh, people with multiple personality disorders. Yeah. And one personality will have diabetes and the other one will have this disease and the other one will have this blood marker. Mm. And it actually changes their blood markers depending on which personality they because have. Because the, the brain, brain is brain. powerful. Wow. I, I guess the brain's a little powerful in that, <laughs> in that scenario. Um, yeah, so, so, you know, that gets into that emotional sure. part of your health. You know, if I have patients right now that no matter what... How's it going today? Great. It's going great. I'm yeah. like, what happened? I mean, I got a flat tire this morning. I got another one this afternoon. And you're still in a good mood. Okay, (laughs) great. And then the other person, you know, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm tired. I'm tired. Mm -hmm. Every day, I'm tired. Yes, you are tired. And there's nothing nobody can do about it. (laughs) But the reality is, you know, we, you know, as humans, we can relive things in our brain that happened to us in the past that are stressful and just recreate that stress response. Mm -hmm, We know that those stress chemicals can cause um, diseases and, and tumor markers. And so if stressful thoughts can cause those things, what, what would happy thoughts do? Right. You know, just start to reverse that process. Mm-hmm. If you believe you're sick, you're going to get sick. Yeah. If yes. you believe that you can get healthy, there's a much better chance you can get healthy. Deepak uh, Chopra, Chopra, is that his name? What's mm-hmm. his book that he wrote that's all about that? 
that you can really actually heal yourself just by believing that you are healed. That's interesting. Yeah, it's a great book. I don't remember what it's called. I'll look it up and tell you guys later. Okay. Keep talking. So, but, and with that being said, though, and a lot of people, obviously, like you, for me, my mom is the most optimistic person in the whole world. And I don't know anything different because she's the person who raised me. So I am. I'm one of those people that I get a flat tire in the morning, in the afternoon, whatever. Like, I'm consistently happy unless I'm just, it's something huge, you know, mm-hmm. which for me, I'm like the blind optimist. Like even when my dad got cancer, I was like, no, everything's going to be fine. Everything <laughs> is fine. But it's like, you know, at what, when you encounter or you have patients like that, like, how do you handle that? So there's a couple things that I've studied. Uh, neurolinguistic programming is a communication technique that you can use, um, I'm a big believer in not telling people what to think, but Mm -hmm. asking them questions Mm -hmm. and maybe leading them down a pathway. Because if I tell them they can get healthy and they don't believe it, it's not going to... It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But if you ask them enough questions where they come to that conclusion... On their own. I'm not saying that you can destroy your body and believe you're healthy and it's going to work. I'm saying that if you believe you can heal and you can change your habits... Mm -hmm those habits will change your, a lot of things will change. You know, if you look at the research on habits, it is fascinating. Why would we treat ourselves this way? Why would we, you know, self-destruct emotionally? It's actually because you, you get a a good response when, when you, when something stressful to you is there's an arousal response in the brain and it's just like giving a kid a cookie. If if you arouse that response, we'll tend to do it again and again and right. again. Yeah. So how do we, you know, how do we break that? Yeah. Um, before we get too far off the book is quantum healing, exploring the frontiers of the mind, body, and medicine. And that's Deepak Chopra. I'm for sure. Yeah, Great that, book. That quantum um, idea of health, uh, Joe Dispenza, mm. he talks about it a lot. Okay. He's really uh, interesting uh, story what is about he, him. What does he do? Or what does he So he is touted now he has uh more brain scans than anybody else on how people go through healing or um what they call it miraculous recovery or spontaneous Mm -hmm. recovery like what's the science behind that and Mm -hmm. how's the brain involved um it extremely fascinating he has a podcast or oh yeah what's it called the joe just look up joe dr joe dispenza okay i mean he has these seminars that are booked out years in advance he's He's on fire. Legit. Yeah. Yeah. And he has the research uh, to back it up, which is really interesting. Yeah. So, okay, we've talked about... Dr. Joe? Dr. Joe, yeah. Got it. We talked about the physical health, the emotional health a little bit, and then now chemical health. Chemical health. health. Mm. So your chemical health is, is, uh, like Kim's saying, every chemical you come into contact with, you know, we live in a chemical-laden time. It's everywhere. Fire retardant in our clothes, right? Right. Um, So... What you eat, um, what you drink. But the other thing is you can drastically change your body's chemistry with your thoughts too, right? If somebody were to walk in here with a gun, nobody put anything in us, you test your blood chemistry, it's going to be radically Mm -hmm. different. Yeah. If somebody were to walk in here with a a check for a million dollars, new new chemistry, right? Please, oh, please, oh, please. (laughs) Dopamine and serotonin, what's up? (laughs) And so the body's so good at learning that, you know, when you have an emotional state, your body produces these proteins. Those proteins attach to these receptors on your cell membrane. Yeah. And instantly. Yeah. 
every cell in your body adapts to those receptors. So when you do something on a regular basis, you set that chemistry. So if you say, I'm tired, I'm tired, I'm tired. Yeah, your body's going to believe it. Your brain has, to, your body has to be consistent with what your brain says. You can't walk into a room in a bad posture and just look down and go, man, I feel really good. I'm, I'm so happy. <laughs> do you? It, you just, it is, it, it's, not, it's inconsistent. So the, you know, the body wants to do what the brain's telling it to do. So you kind of believe in like a whole, like whole picture, full circle health. It's not just like, you don't think that it's just like, you know, you're not standing on this soapbox and saying chiropractic is going to heal everything. You really believe in like a full picture, like really taking everything into consideration, right? Like your blood work, the way you look, the way you eat. The way you speak. Yeah, and there's going to be one thing that stands out. So, like, if it's physical, chemical, emotional, that's for everybody. But maybe yours is more chemical. Maybe mine is more physical. Maybe somebody else is more emotional. And if you can identify that and and focus on that area, the other ones can fall in line a lot Mm. easier. What would you say would be, like, your advice to someone who maybe, you know... So, I I know that... um, your frontal lobe isn't fully developed until you're like 28 or 30, right? So you're not really making like really sound logical decisions until you're right about that age. So someone that, you know, that's maybe like my age, I'm 32. Um, literally, I had this conversation earlier. I forgot how old I was. Um, <laughs> but I'm 32 and, you know, I, I've noticed that, you know, my thought patterns, the thinking process, um, critical thinking skills, uh, being more self-aware, that all started to occur right around 30, right? And after I had Chloe, which was at 27, right. um, which changes everything, right? After you have kids, it's like, pff, game yeah. over. But, like, I want to be someone who is, like, emotionally healthy, chemically healthy, physically healthy, mentally healthy, all those things, right? But... How, what would you say for someone who maybe wants to be more self-aware, who wants to be healthier? Like what are, where are some steps for people to start? Cause like, mm-hmm. you know, maybe someone doesn't think, well, I don't, maybe I don't need a chiropractor or why would I need a chiropractor? But it's, it's less about who you need as far as a practitioner. It's more about checking in with yourself. Right. Cause for me, I, I'm like, okay, you know, and it's very much like, um, not a spiritual journey, but it's more of like listening to the inner voice in my head. Like, what are some things that, you know, I really want to achieve? What are some goals that I want to, you know, uh, achieve, I guess, or, um, where are some points in my life where I want to go? And I'm really taking everything into consideration. And I think more and more people are moving towards that. And I think as a society, we're becoming way more conscious about health, food, you know, with all these vegan documentaries coming out, people talking about that and what, you know, carnivore diet's the best for you, vegan diet's the best for you, you know, oh, like, yeah. uh, micro dosing with mushrooms. Like, there's so many different <laughs> things that people want to utilize. Like, well, and they get overwhelmed too. They're yeah. like, I don't even know what so to do. It's, I mean, it's the information age, right? There's yeah. so much coming at you. Mm-hmm. Yes. So it's like, what do you, in your opinion, because you've been doing this now for what, 30, sorry, 14 years. Yeah. You've been seeing patients and helping people to become their best selves, right? So, I mean, part of it is just what you said. You have a desire to to improve yourself, right? So you have to be aware of your thoughts. Yeah. And you have to shut off that automatic response. You have to really be aware of what you're thinking. I think, mm-hmm. you know, everybody that I've listened to that would be considered an expert in this field would agree that if you're not going to take the time to be aware of what you're feeling, 
these things are just going to pass. You're going to get into an automatic mode and it just becomes a program. And that program is going to be based on the environment around you. Yep. And, and that environment is not going to push you in the right direction. Another great book for people who like to read is The Untethered Soul. And that is the exact concept of the book is yeah. to be present and be aware and pay attention to your thoughts and what you're thinking and how to bring yourself back to center when you kind of get yeah. off track. Scatterbrain. Yeah. Yeah. I know else. Tony Robbins always says, people say, you never get mad. He's like, yeah, I get mad. I'm going to allow myself to be mad for X amount of minutes. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So, you know, the other part of that's just like, Anything you're going to get good at, how are you going to get good at anything? Right. You got to do it. I have a sign in my bathroom, like a little whiteboard that says 10,000 hours to make an expert. Like if yeah. I want to be really good at something, like I'm going to have to do a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so are you setting time aside for your mental health? Mm-hmm. When I go through, you know, really stressful parts in my life, I seem to set out more time. So then I ask myself, well, why wouldn't I just set that time out every day? Yeah. If it's going to get me out of a bad place, what would it do if I was in a good place? Right. Mm-hmm. So some of the things that I do... When I get into that is I want to change every routine, mm-hmm. get up on a different side of the bed, drive to work differently. Mm. Um, I don't take hot showers. I take cold showers. Nope. <laughs> I do. Um, like all the time, every day? Yeah. Lies. Well, no, no, no. When when oh. I'm in those situations. I'm like, like when I was in Colorado, that. You don't have a soul. <laughs> cold showers every day. The cold shower is like I know, an man. extremely powerful thing. I you know. That you know you who Wim Hof is? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We did his... Uh, Breathing techniques and stuff. You know, Rebecca, my wife over here, she did 70 push-ups without breathing when we went through that Wim Hof routine. Gangster. Yeah. 70 push-ups without breathing. She's a real gangster, guys. She's like 77. (laughs) Just saying. She's hardcore. How long have you guys been married? Just over 10 years. Wow. Yeah. Two beautiful baby girls. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, so your babies are your, the, your... I thought when you said you moved here and they came to visit, I thought you were like they were... Your kids and no, oh, no. When we lived kids. in Colorado, we sent the kids back here. Oh, yeah. But while we were okay, moving, I yeah. missed that somewhere in the beginning, and yeah. I'm like, wait, what? What's you, going wait, on? Your year and a half year old stayed with somebody for three weeks. What? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How does that work? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You guys have been married for ten years, but together for. Yeah, since 2007. So two years yeah. after you started your practice. Yeah. So you, I mean, your wife has been literally through pretty much every step. Yeah, so... And she, how's that been on your marriage? <laughs> you <laughs> like, know, she's like... We... Uh, that's a good question. So I would say this. The success of my practice, uh, to, to, to some of my colleagues, they think, man, you got it so easy. You just... It makes it look so easy. Yeah. It's because of her. You guys really Aww. do make it look easy. Yeah. She real. She is amazing at creating relationships with patients and... And, you know, just every aspect about it, you yeah. know, because I'm so laser being focused well, you on guys the care. Are, you guys are very complimentary, right? Yeah. Like you're obviously the chiropractor, you're that piece, but she's everything. I mean, down to the billing, everything. Like she knows all the other stuff. Well, not that. I mean, she can tell you every de- every intimate detail about every patient that walks into our office. Mm-hmm. Every single woman that Steel has trap. ever worked with us, ask Rebecca for advice. To this day, even uh-huh. if they haven't worked with us in eight years. Yeah. You know, so she's like... The motivating factor mm-hmm. uh, for a lot of it. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Cool. She should be on the podcast. She should be. <laughs> well, she I mean, we podcast. should have had I told, you on no, the podcast. I told her to come, but she didn't want to. Oh. I'll say one thing. Our daughter, when she was like six, told Josh that God gave her him the ability to be a doctor, me the ability to, to motivate, and her the ability to love. Oh, yeah. that's beautiful. She's a sweetie, too. Well, They're great. both sweeties. Yeah. And they love both it. look. <laughs> <laughs> 
You're like, I love her. She's the best. So, yeah. So you've been doing this for 14 years. Obviously, you know, you want people to feel empowered to make the best, like, health choices for their lives, right? right? And I mean, looking at you, you're a very fit fit person. I know you guys work out. Um, you take care of your, men, your mental health seriously, but also your physical health seriously and your chemical health seriously. When you have kids and you have a family and you're a physician or a, uh, not a physician, a practitioner of health, like how do you balance everything? How do you make sure that you're prioritizing your diet? And it, And it seems like for someone like you, it would be like, innate or that would just be like you know easy right like oh well i'm a chiropractor so i'm healthy all the time like you guys have to make conscious choices you guys have to make decisions and plan and do all that stuff too just like everybody else yeah i mean i have such a high desire to learn about the body i'm just so fascinated about it i'm just Mm -hmm. i'm engulfed in it right um but i would say for me personally it's more of the uh, mental part that i go towards the most yeah but the other thing is, another thing that I hear a lot of these experts say is surround yourself with like-minded people. So mm-hmm. when you're in that profession and yeah. you're around a lot of other people that want to be healthy, it does make it easier. It does, sure. You know, so... Because your network is doing it. Because your network is doing it. But, you know, I mean, you have kids, right? It's yeah. it's tough sometimes. Mm-hmm. Sometimes... So, so we used to say this in our office. Don't... You're not taking a vacation meal, Right. Because, I mean, you're not taking a, um, what do they call it? When you, treat meals? Not, not a cheat, cheat meal. meal. Oh, you're yeah. taking a vacation meal, right? Because you're not cheating, right? You're just, you're living. If you take a vacation, you just have to come back. Right. Mm-hmm. So just get over it. It's not a big deal and right. come right back. Right. Yeah. We don't want to beat ourselves up. If but you we also didn't. don't want to be on vacation for a year. You don't want to be on vacation. For a year. <laughs> or maybe you do. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Live your best life. I don't know. <laughs> maybe vacation for you. So. Okay. I love it. So I, I just, you know, just don't feel guilty about uh, getting off track. Just have the desire to get on track again. Just yeah. set your goals and, and spend time learning as much about yourself as possible. Yeah. And just accept yourself for who you are. I think a lot of people uh, that have health problems, they beat themselves up every single day if it's not perfect or... Um, for whatever reason, they just, um, they don't want to be wrong. They don't want to have this, uh, idea of what's going on. So, I mean, love yourself where you're at. Yeah. Um, and still, you can still desire to get better, but love yourself where you're at, you know? Um, I I love that just today I was telling April, so I had the hysterectomy and I had to stay off of working out for like two months. Yeah. So I put on quite a bit of weight, um, over the last, you know, eight weeks or so. And I told her this morning, I'm like, look at me back to me, boo. (laughs) And she's like, are you bummed? Are you sad? I'm like, actually no, because I start back next Monday. So you know that even though you know that this is temporary, right? Yeah, for sure. Like you know that, okay, I had to go through something. I had to get surgery. I'm not able to work out literally and physically not able to work out. I'm still making good choices when it comes to what I eat. Yeah, for the most part. Right. Mm -hmm. So I know that I can get back to where I want to be. Right. That's how it was this morning. I'm I'm, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't love it, but I'm like, am I sad or disappointed or you know, no. and also take pictures of where you're at right now. Yeah, and then you definitely need to do that and contrast in the in the future. For sure. Have you ever had to break up with a patient? Oh yes. How many? A, a lot. How many? Wait, that's a hard question, uh, right? I don't know, 100? but I got two on my mind right now. That I want to <laughs> so and why? Um, 
Okay, you don't so, have to go into specific details. So, so, like, so for, uh, an example is a patient that just no matter what, they're not going to make any changes. So right. mm-hmm. I will tell them, you know, I want what's best for you. I'm here for you. I'm right. ready when you are. Right. But if you're not ready right now, right. you are going to waste a lot of money here and you're not going to get better. Yeah. So I'm just... Tell and you I that mean, from the get go. And you show up as the chiropractor, right? You want to bring, and this is just the type of person that you are. You want to bring your best self to the table, right? You want to be the best chiropractor you can be right. every day. So when your patient shows up and they're like, I'm not going to quit smoking or eating McDonald's. That's fine. Right? <laughs> That's fine, but they're not going to get better, right? So, like, you know. That that's that's a tough one because I got patients they just don't care about that stuff and that's fine. All they care about, you know, I got patients that eat McDonald's every day and run marathons. If your only goal is to run a marathon and that's where you want me in your life, I'm going to help you do that. Okay. I'm going to love you regardless. Regardless, if that's your goal and that's what makes you healthy, okay. I'm still going to educate you totally on what one servings of French fries does to your cell membranes. Right. And you can do whatever you want to do with that information. Yeah. What does right. it do? What does it do? Yeah. Oh, you don't even want to. What does it yes, egg- we do. What okay, does an so, egg so, McMuffin so, do? So, so the fats. <laughs> what does an egg McMuffin do? Those fats, were my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're, you're, every cell membrane is made up of two layers of fats, right? Right. So the fat's like the most uh, yeah. important thing. And, and it's the protein's true. the most important thing. Right. And it's true that with your cell membranes, um, your fat cells don't necessarily go away. They just get smaller. Right. Right. Oh, here. This is a better. This is a better. Topic, okay, bring right? it on. <laughs> a fat cell. Yeah. Right. Everybody yes. wants to lose fat. Right. So you're not going to lose the number of cells. You're going to shrink them. Yes. So the question is, what makes them larger? Mm. What makes a fat cell larger? Fat. No. Sugar. A fat cell is a storage container for toxins. By definition, a toxin is something that is fat soluble, not water soluble. So on the cell membrane of a fat cell, there's hormone receptors. So as you continue to shove toxins in your body and that fat cell gets larger and that membrane gets larger, there's more surface area for those hormone receptors. So now you're toxic, you're fat, your hormones are so out of balance. And it's like, so now I'm an emotional wreck, I'm an energy wreck, my body's hot, and why can't I do anything? Is that why when I eat a whole chocolate cake, I want to (laughs) cry? No, probably because there's not any more chocolate cake. <laughs> Speaking, I think I ate like three or nine little mini candy bars last night from Halloween. Uh, yeah. I'm mm-hmm. jealous. So, I'm on prep right now, so I'm not eating Halloween candy. You woke up pretty. Yeah. No, yeah. But what? Yeah, did you wake up like with your eyes swollen? And no, like, it was just my, my, inflammation? my stomach was upset. But, oh. Um, <laughs> you know. So you're not perfect? No. You eat chocolate? No. And that's the other thing. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Accept who you are. Love who you are. Just be I happy. I mean, I love Reese's, bro. With it's never gonna, I'm at. never going to stop loving them. You know, it, it, there is a really interesting a couple things of research where they took two groups of people. One group, they, they scanned all their brains. And they said, we're going to teach you this real simple thing on the p- keyboard. Yeah. One people play the keyboard. The other one, you just imagine you're playing the keyboard. Right. Okay. So both of their brains changed and both of them could play the keyboard even though one of them never touched it. Wow. The other one, they do one arm curls on this side and then this side they, they thought about doing curls and the strength and size of this muscle was equal to the strength and size of this muscle. So if you see yourself a certain way, yeah. Right. if you see yourself as unpleasant, disgusting, you can die, you can run, you're still going to see that. Yeah. If you see yourself as somebody you love and deserves things and is valuable, you're going to you're going to find that in you. So, you know that mental part is 
a huge key yeah. along with doing the other things. But for me personally, the mental side is, yeah. is top tier. It's kind of like the book, The Secret. They talk about that. Yeah. I mean, I know that book was a little bit hokey. See but, your future, be your But future. I mean, there's so many good little nuggets in there just about speaking positively to yourself and speaking the truth, like whatever that truth, maybe not the truth today, but the, what you want the truth to be. You live it yeah. now. You our, see it. You visualize it. You smell it. Yeah. Our, yeah. Vi- our previous guest, Amin, he said that's the book that changes life. Really? No lie. Interesting. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Cool. We, yeah. We can live in the past, which is usually pretty stressful. Mm-hmm. You can live in the present or, you know, you can see that future and go for it. You know, you talk to these, these top tier athletes and you, and they get to where they want to be and say, Hey man, how does it feel like I've been here a million times? I love that. Because in my brain, I've been there a million times. You know, the other interesting part of the scientific part of that is the reticular activating system. You What's heard that? Of this? No. Okay, so do you guys remember when you were pregnant? Yeah, yes. well, I mean, sure, it was 150 did, years ago, but yes. Did you see a lot of pregnant women? Of course. Why? Because I was pregnant and yeah. I was thinking about it. Oh, all just the like time. when you want a new car, you buy a new car, and then right. all of a sudden you see them everywhere. Yeah. That's the reticular activating system. So you, you reticular, will. Reticular. 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 Activating, activating system. system. It's part of the brain. RAS. It's linked up to the eye. Got it. Yep, the RAS. <laughs> So you will find more what you're focused on. So if you're focused on negative things, yep. congratulations. Your life is about you're to gonna be find, crap. You're going to find them. It's like, <laughs> this always happens to me. Right. This never works out oh, for I me. I know yeah. people that say things like well, that. Well, and it's funny that like the older that I get, I'm telling you, and it's, like, it's almost like my brain, I don't want to say is on like slow-mo, but it's almost like... It's almost like I'm, I'm getting better about checking in with myself and being more self-aware. I'll use myself as an example. Um, like yesterday, uh, something happened and I was like, all right, I can either sit and dwell in this. I can think about how terrible it is and how it happens to me all the time. Or I can utilize the tools that I have in either my network or my brain or whatever. And I can fix it. Mm -hmm. Right. And then I fixed it. Very and then good. it was fixed. And I was like, yeah. okay, that was easy. Like, <laughs> And that's a new synaptic connection in your brain. So the more you do that, that's going to give you the result you want rather than that automatic response. Mm-hmm. Yes. Cool. Which normally is like cortisol and mm-hmm. you're freaking out and you're stressed out. And then you live in that stressed out state. It's kind of like when I was growing up, um, and this is no fault of my mom's, right? This is just the kind of person that she is. She's a very reactive person. But she's also not a very... She's a very reactive person, so she's not proactive in everything that she does, right? So, like, what, what what does that mean? That means everywhere we went, we were late. Does that mean, you know, anytime I needed a purple shirt for school, did I have a purple shirt? Hell no. It was in the dirty clothes. You know what I mean? Like, everything was so reactive, and I lived in that state for so long. It wasn't until I removed myself from that, I was like, oh, shit. I can have a purple shirt by cleaning it on Monday for Thursday. Like, yep. what? That's how that works? Yep. So it's like just being, again, more self-aware and like looking at things, like assessing the situation and just being like, how can I make this better? Mm-hmm. And it, oh my God, saved my life. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Become the observer of your own life. Yes. But also, uh, I mean, have you read, you, have you read Extreme Ownership? Jocko. Yeah. 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 Good, good, good. Um, good. I think I've read parts of it. I read the whole thing. Essentially just like owning your shit too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like own your life, own the decisions that you make, own the processes that you're own your failures, own everything. Yeah. Own it other doesn't make failures. you a bad own person own... to be, no. a, to fail or to, to be wrong. 
Yeah, I, I see that a, as a big obstacle in a yeah. lot of people's health. And they what makes you a wrong. bad person, or this is a self-imposed thing, right. right? I'm a bad person, is continuing to make those failures or continuing to engage in those behaviors and not correcting it. Mm. Right. It has nothing to do with failing. We all fail, right? right. Isn't it? Right. What is it that? It's like go for the failure or something. I can't remember. Is this something I always say and now I can't remember? Yes. <laughs> awesome. You know, we used to listen to that Jocko Wilnick good speech yes. before a workout. Yeah. You didn't get what you want? So good. good. Now go work harder. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Oh, Love it. You got a flat tire? Good. good. You lost your job? Good. Now you'll get there on time. Right. <laughs> So good. Everything. So we're at an hour and just in respecting your time um, and your beautiful Saturday, which we actually are going to have nice weather today before it gets to be 25 degrees on Monday. Oh, I know. Why do you so, have to say that? I know. <laughs> so share how people can find you, yes. where your practice is, yes. um, all the things. So um, Facebook is Dr. At Dr. Farrell DC. Okay. Um, DC stands for Doctor of Chiropractic. Doctor of Chiropractic. <laughs> DC CCSP. We'll add some other letters later. <laughs> mm. And then Google is Josh. W. Yeah. Farrell. And then Google is Josh. Josh W. Farrell DC. Spell your last name. By F-E-R-R-E-L? the way, R R E L. F E R R E L L. We tell people it's like Will Farrell. Oh, okay, dokie. Dude, how did I never think about yeah. the two of those? <laughs> and that's actually my middle name, William. What brought you guys back here, real quick, from Colorado? Family, okay. Family. Missing people. It was me. It was totally it was <laughs> They missed April. Okay, cool. And, and I'll be may- there on Monday, actually. Yeah. And we might be mil- building a new one right off 121, so we'll see how that goes. Gotcha. Sweet. Awesome. Well, we really appreciate you oh, coming wait. on. What's the, the, the business's website? Nortex? Nortex. Nortex. So that's the whole group, but that's not me. Oh, yeah. okay, yeah. okay. So but you're you, just, you can okay. see what we do at Nortex Spine and Joint. Okay. Awesome. Well, thanks again. It was great. Thank you so much. It was fun. Awesome. Bye.